Welcome to PharmaTalk Radio. I'm Kate Woda. I'm delighted to share a presentation from the 2019 Amino Oncology 360 Conference, also known as IO360, on the topic of CAR-T therapy for cancer, optimization through engineering T-cells or combinations. This session is led by Dr. Marco Ruella from the Perelman School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania, where he focuses on the next steps for CAR-T therapy for cancer, discussing the novel approaches that are being developed in Dr. Carl June's lab, including CAR-T combinations with small molecules and gene editing. The next IO360 program will take place February 26 through 28, 2020, at the Crown Plaza Times Square Hotel in New York City. I hope you enjoy the podcast. For the opportunity to speak here today, um, I think my goal is to give you a little bit of um, an idea of, of what, what, what I think the CAR T-cell therapy uh, is going. And, and I want to start with giving you an example of a case report. And I think that, that speaks to the importance of how correlative studies will impact the work we do. And they should always be included in clinical trials. So if you have heard during the uh, keynote lecture uh, a couple of days ago about cartesas, I'm sure you're all aware how they work. I just want to show you a cartoon to show what, what is the uh, production uh, protocol at, at Penn. Uh, we, we use T-cells that are collected from patients, and uh, uh, with the use of lentiviral vector, we make the T-cell express in the car on the surface. So once these CAR T-cells are then infused into patients, they can go around, find CD19 positive target, and kill them. And not only they kill the target, but they can also proliferate and persist a long term. So it's, um, as you know, CAR T-cells are a live agent, a live drug that can kill a tumor and then persist a long term, giving a sort of vaccine effect. And I have shown you the, um, the cartoon, but I also want to show a brief video. If you guys can start the video, it uh, would be great. So what you see here is uh, a T-cell, a CAR T-cell uh, to the left here. And in green, these are two leukemic cells. And you can see that the um, T-cell, if you see the video, if you guys can start it, It looks like he's not working, but what you would have seen is that the T cell can recognize the leukemic cell for a synapse and kill the first leukemic cells and then go to the next. So they can kill up to hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of, of different tumor cells in series. So they're also called sort of serial killers. And from this initial preclinical work, then the first patient treated at Penn, at the NCI in 2009, 2010, there was really an explosion of interest from both academia and pharma. And this is just a glimpse of the number of companies and com number of products that are being developed with uh, the companies in the middle that have made it to the clinic, to the market, Gilead and, and Novartis, and all the other ones around it that are um, uh, moving new products to, to the market. So it's a very exciting time to talk about CAR T-cells. But the goal of my work, the goal of my laboratory, is to try to focus on what's going wrong with CAR T-cells and how can we improve that. And in particular, if you see at this curve, this is an event-free survival curve of patients with acute leukemia treated at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And certainly, this is a great curve for patients like that. These are patients that are refractory, and they have usually, uh, without CAR T-cell, a very poor outcome. 
And as you can see here, there is a number of patients that are long-term in complete remission. However, we want to focus on those patients who either do not respond early on, which is about 10 to 20%, and also the number of patients that after reaching a complete CR, and we know that the complete CR rate is about 80 to 90%, they will eventually relapse at long term, and this is about 40 to 50%. So, what do we learn by studying these relapses? Well, what we have learned from the very beginning of the CAR T cell therapy is that there are two main types of relapses in ALL patients treated with CAR T cells. One is the so-called CD19 positive relapse, as you're saying here, and this is the minority of relapses, where basically the leukemia comes back with the same phenotype as the leukemia at baseline. But the, the most common type of relapse is a so-called CD19 negative relapse. So this is a pretty unique escape mechanism that we have started to see only when potent CD19-directed immunotherapies like Artisas or, or Blinatumumab were developed. So basically, the leukemia comes back without CD19. So it basically is invisible to CAR19 killing. And this was described early on in uh, 2013 in this paper uh, in the New England, where you can see that CD19 leukemia was, CD19 was expressed in leukemic cells before CAR T cells, and after CAR T cell was completely lost. So what are the mechanisms driving the loss of CD19? Well, several mechanisms have been described, and uh, um, this cartoon shows you one of them, that is the alteration on the splicing variants of CD19, paper from um, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia in collaboration with our group showed that in relapsed patients after CAR-19, you can have an increase on the splicing variants of CD19 uh, that lack this important epitope that is the one recognized by the CAR. So if you don't have that epitope, you cannot be killed. But also mutations in, CD19, in the CD19 gene have shown to be present at relapse. So Defect on the CD19 gene or splicing variants are certainly one of the main causes of relapse. But if we go and check all our patients, there are many patients where we do not recognize defects in CD19, so we don't know what was happening to these patients. And what I want to show you today is a, is a case report of a pretty unusual CD19 negative relapse. This was recently published, and I think, again, as I mentioned at the beginning, speaks to the fact that only if you do co extensive correlative studies on these patients, you can discover the mechanism of relapse and, and define a new ways to treat them. So as you can see here, as we do in every patient, we monitor the expansion of the CAR T cells in the peripheral blood. As you know, this is very important because it correlates with efficacy. And so you can see in red the uh, Q qPCR data that basically evaluate the transcript, the card transcript in the peripheral blood, and in white, this is the flow cytometry, so gating on T cells, checking the expression of the card. And what we usually see is a peak of expansion and then a persistent phase, as you see here. But this patient was pretty unique because, as you see at a later time point, we had a re-expansion of the CAR transcript by PCR, but we couldn't detect any expression of the CAR on the T cell. So that was pretty surprising. So that led us to do um, more studies. And one of the things that are done um, in the correlative studies at Penn is to monitor uh, both leukemia and T cells over time. And what you can see here is that 
we did see expansion of the CAR T cell, and this was already the contraction phase. But at the time when we saw this spike in the qPCR CAR transcript, there was a big population that was CAR positive, but didn't show any CD3. And at the same time, we saw in another tube, in another uh, experiment, that there was a huge CD19 negative population expressing the CD10 marker, which is usually associated with leukemia. So we did another experiment where we did uh, multi-parametric flow cytometry. And what turns out is that the majority of the cells that you see here, they were CD10 positive, 22 positive, that is a B cell marker, and they expressed the CAR. So basically what we found out in this patient is that the CAR was expressed on leukemic cells and not on T cells. So this was a CAR positive relapse in leukemic cells. And of course this was, um, it was uh, surprising and we wanted to understand how did it happen, when this happened. And uh, we um, did uh, the VDJ um, um, tracking over time. And as you probably know, one of the advantage of working with B-cell neoplasm and that you have a specific marker that is, that is the VDJ rearrangement. So what we did, we checked the VDJ rearrangement at relapse and at baseline, and basically we found two VDJs rearrangements, one productive and another not productive. In other words, this was the same leukemia that was present at the apheresis. And another way to uh, monitor this leukemia over time is to check the lentivalent integration side, because as I mentioned, the CAR was expressed in leukemic cells, so these cells got transduced with the lentivirus. And as you see here, at the time of relapse, there were two main lentivalent integration sites that you can see are enriched over time from day zero to the time of relapse. So basically, uh, we, we thought, well, these leukemic cells got transduced with the lentivirus at some point. So it can be either in vivo in the patient or during production. And to check that um, there was no in vivo transduction, we check the uh, recombinant um, competent lentiviral titer, and there was no evidence of that. So we conclude that this transduction of leukemic cell happened during production, during the manufacturing of CAR T cell. So we came up with this hypothesis. So when we collect the uh, T cells from patients, it's not 100% T cells. In many patients with leukemia, we don't get the chance to collect pure T cells. But we collect usually a mixture of T cells and leukemic cells. And then what we do to, um, to lead to an expansion of the T cell, we add the CD3, CD28 beads. So these are beads that stimulate the T cells. And then we use the lentivalos to transduce the, the T cell. But what we think happened in this case is that one or we think two of these lentivirus were able to transduce one of the yellow cells, one of the leukemic cells. And for reasons that we will discuss in a moment, this CAR-positive leukemic cell was able to survive over time at a sort of survival advantage as compared to the other leukemic cells, and was able to mate it to the infusion time and then persist over time and grow in the patient leading to the uh, overt relapse. So how do we prove there was a single leukemic cell that got transduced with two lenti? Well, what we did, we, uh, we collaborated with uh, the group of Frederick uh, Bushman at Penn. And what he did is basically to sort using a microfluidic device, one single cell per well. And then he did the same 
lentiviral integration site analysis. So in other words, if you show that there are two lentiviral integration sites in the same cell, it's, you, know, you, you prove the point that this is a single cell that got transduced. And as you can see here, not in all sample, on, not in all single cell, uh, but in a, in a good amount of single cell, we did see two lentiviral integration sites transducing the, uh, the T cell. So we do think it was a single cell getting transduced with two lentivirus during production. But what's the connection between the expression of the car and then the relapse uh, at a later time point? So interestingly, we modeled this in a cell line. So we took a leukemic cell line that normally express CD19, and then we, we develop a system where if you put the doxycycline, the cell line would start to express the car. So what you see here, and to be fair, I'm gonna turn to this screen this time, you see that CD19 is expressed at baseline. But when you uh, induce the expression of the car, right away you lose CD19 expression. So this proved that there was a direct connection between the expression of the car and the loss of CD19. So we came up with this hypothesis that we call epitope masking mechanism. So basically what we thought is that if you have a CD19 positive cell line that by chance and by accident get transduced with a car, there is the chance that the car can bind to the CD19 in cysts on the surface. So what happened in this case is that if you try to stain for CD19, and remember this is the same epitope that we use for car, you won't see any CD19. So it's not truly a CD19 negative, it's, it's that just we don't see it. And on the other side, if you try to kill that cell line with, or that tumor cell with a car, again, you fail because the epitope is blocked. So how do we prove that? How do we prove that CD19 is still there? So we use another antibody against CD19, another epitope. And as you can see here, we went back to the biopsy of this patient at the time of relapse. And by using another antibody, we did find CD19 protein. These are the brown cell over there. So CD19 protein was actually still there, as we hypothesized. And we did that also by flow cytometry. You see the top is the baseline, and you see that there is CD19 expression using the standard antibody in the, y in the X axis and the Y axis that relapse. Only the new antibody that is recognizing the intracellular epitope is expressed, and then there is CAR expression. And again, to prove that both CD19 and CAR19 are on the surface, we, we did confocal microscopy. And as you see here, at, at the time of relapse, you have both the CAR in red and the CD19 that colocalize on the surface of, of the leukemic cells. And you don't see that, of course, at, at the time of baseline. So of course this was um, one case, and um, we, we checked several other cases in our court, hundreds of them, and we didn't find any of uh, these patients to have car expression or leukemia. So it's an extremely rare event um, um, that we still don't know why happened in this specific patient, but still I think it, it gives us the, the idea that we need to monitor these patients and we need probably to modify our production manufacturing uh, to make sure that this doesn't happen again. But what can we do for these patients, for patients that do not have CD19 on the surface and, and relapse and we need to treat them? And there would be more of them because we have been a tumumab, we have CAR19 now in the clinic. So what we, uh, we and other groups are developing are CARs, TSAs that can target two antigens. And what I'm showing you here, for example, is CAR-TSA that can target CD19 and CD22, 
as you see, both of them are highly expressing B-cell leukemia, but at the time of relapse, when you lose CD19, CD22 expression is still there. So what we develop is a dual car, where you have one car targeting CD19, the other car targeting CD22, and by using them, we prove that you can, at least in preclinical model, prevent CD19 negative escape. And this is just to show you an animal model where, um, and just to focus on this group, you see that the dual car are certainly the most potent group of T cells as compared to the single expressing car. And lastly, and this is the, uh, the very last slide, it, this was more a proof of concept. So we had car expression in the leukemic cell. I, I described that patient. So we hypothesized that we can use the expression of CAR19 in leukemic cells, which is, of course, an abnormal expression. It's a specific leukemic marker. And we develop a CAR, a new CAR, that can recognize the CAR. So it's basically it's a, an anti-CAR19 chimeric antigen receptor. And as you see here, the schema, the, the hypothesis was that if we de develop a CAR to target the CAR, we can specifically kill these leukemic cells and not the other normal B cells. So can be a sort of antidote to this type of events. And when we, when we model this in animal models using a PDX model derived from the patient who relapsed with the CAR-positive leukemia, what we show is that um, they are pretty effective on, on clearing or at least controlling these leukemic uh, cells. So in conclusion, I've shown you, and I think we all agree that CAR-T cells are great. They do uh, um, incredible responses in, in B-cell lymphoma and B-cell leukemia. However, at least for, for B-cell leukemia, we have the problem of 19 negative relapses. And I've shown you one additional mechanism of relapse where the leukemic cells got transduced. is exceptionally rare, but is a proof of concept that can happen. So I think this should uh, suggest to improve manufacturing by selecting T-cells, and we can discuss that later. Uh, and I show you what, what can be the potential mechanism. So the car binding to the target, and we show that also potentially happening with CD22 car. And lastly, I've, I've shown you two ways to overcome uh, the, the loss of CD19, one by targeting two antigens, and the other one by uh, targeting the car expression on the chemic cell. And I'd like to thank the big group at Penn and on the, the people that have been involved in this project, my laboratory, and the laboratory of Carjun, CCI. Special thank to, uh, to Michael Carlos, who was actually my first boss when I came to the US and is here in the audience, and all to the, to the old funding agency. And thank you to all of you for your attention. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. The 2020 IO360 program will take place February 26th through 28th at the Crown Plaza Times Square Hotel in New York City. For more information, visit theconferenceforum.org. Thanks for listening.